0: all right welcome back to kilakati the podcast we have our first guest ever uh brother joseph he's an english professor and he helps work on the kulamanu the school's literary journal welcome joe welcome
1: thank you very much it's nice to be here with you too
0: hey it's great to have you it's it's actually kind of at least for me, it's pretty great to have you here because taking your class last semester is the whole reason that I started working at the Kealakai and that I'm here today. So it's it's kind of neat to bring it full circle.
1: <laughs> well, that's inspirational, Michael. Thank you for sharing. that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, no, I enjoyed having you in class very much. Um, are you going to take another class from me? We'll see. Down the okay. line. Down the line. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. He doesn't know yet. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Man. Well, we did. We did. All right. Something good happened. It was. <laughs> yeah, um, it was. It was a good time. Yeah. So very first guest ever. That's a little bit. A little bit of Too guess. much pressure here, you guys. Don't I didn't realize Don't feel pressure. That. <laughs> um. So um, do you like me to introduce myself quickly. Uh, yeah, sure. My oh, name definitely. is Joe Joseph Plicka, or Joe. I'm the fifth Joseph in a line of Josephs. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No. Ex- extra awesome. special. Yeah, my son Joseph is 12. Uh, I was born in Utah, moved to Southern California, moved to Northern California, graduated from high school in Davis near Sacramento,
0: oh.
1: and uh, went to Provo to go to school, went on a mission to Honduras in 96, got back in 98, went to fall, went to Jerusalem at the BYU Jerusalem Center. That was mm. a lifetime experience. i, I Unbelievable experience, and also met my wife there. So it was worth it, <laughs> worth the $7,000. Uh, and then uh, and then uh, worked as a journalist for a couple of years, went back to school for a master's degree at BYU, went to Ohio University for a Ph.D. in English, graduated in 2011, and came here in 2012. So Right on. Right when you guys were probably, what, starting high school? Let me see, 2012, I would have
0: been a freshman.
1: Yeah.
2: That means okay. I would have been a. I was in middle school. <laughs>
1: wow. Amazing. Yeah. And I look exactly the same as I did in 2012. So. <laughs> oh, I, bet. I bet. Yeah. we level off once you get to be about 30. <laughs> uh, so, um yeah, it's wonderful to be here with you guys. Kayla Kai. I've been reading, I've been a reader since 2012. Uh it's changed a little bit. I was telling Bruno it's gone from the weekly format to the monthly mm-hmm. since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been some, some interesting articles in there, and it's really nice to see students getting some quality experience. It's a pretty quality, pretty slick publication, all things considered. The, the glossy magazine look <laughs> and the, the pictures, the graphics. You guys do a good job. Thank hey. you. Hey. That Thank means you a so lot.
2: Much. It's always nice to hear back from people because Put all this work into the magazine, and you're like, I hope people read it. So I it's know. always he- nice to hear back about it. It's
1: yeah, and it's free, so it's hard to tell. Like, <laughs> you know, you can't measure how many people are taking. Well, I guess you can when you come back and you see how many issues are gone. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but uh, we measure things so so often by their commercial success. It's hard to know. With the literary journal, same thing. I mean, we spend a fair amount of money printing it each year. The mm. university invests in it because it's not only something that kind of contributes to the cultural life on campus but to student experience and it's student run and produced so it's an educational tool mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah then we just give it away for free which, <laughs> yeah. which, could you uh, kind of
2: talk about that more i just learned about it today from yeah. michael so i didn't know we had that I think That's absolutely
1: amazing. we can turn this into a promotional thing here for a second <laughs> um, which is perfect actually i didn't even plan it but i can go tell my class tonight that guys i was on the radio today, the internet, (laughs) promoting (laughs) our journal, because we meet Tuesdays in the evening. Uh, It's English 392, editing and publishing, Kulamanu. It's an English class, and the the students are the staff. So um, we take the journal from zero to 60 every year, from basically nothing to, we promote, we solicit submissions, we advertise we get everything we select which stuff is going to go in the journal we put poetry fiction nonfiction, photography and art in there and then we have it all laid out you know design it and print it by the end of the semester it's pretty intense uh, but it works and some issues are better than others um last year's was great i'm really proud of it i wish i had a copy in my (laughs) hand but You've probably seen it. I think I handed it out. Yeah, you handed it out in class I yeah.
0: brought it home with me when I went back to we D.C. Had a, for, yeah, <laughs> we had Christmas. St- oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, good, yeah, man.
1: Yeah. We had a student who was a design, graphic design major in the class, and that oh, okay. was amazing because mm-hmm. that's actually really the hardest part. It's the most specialized part of the whole thing is mm-hmm. is using InDesign or whatever to lay it out. So, um, yeah, so it's fun. And it's been going on since 1962, I think, mm-hmm. is the first issue of Kulamanu wow. that I can find. okay and it's been published I think most years since then so that's over 50 years essentially of tradition yeah and publishing this little campus journal so it's kind of cool and that's awesome and it's neat to see yeah it's kind of a record of what students in some ways were thinking about and feeling you know on campus throughout the years through the stories they tell and the poems they wrote and Mm -hmm. so yeah
0: And how long have you been involved in the kuleman
1: since i got here so there's essentially only one creative writing teacher here and that's me and so it's been my kuleana since day one so (laughs) 2013 was my first issue and this will be our eighth i guess Shoot. in 2020.
0: so i've always had a lot of questions about it but i guess first off how do you pick which submissions you put in there
1: yeah good question Mm. so at this little small school that we're at and our pool for submissions is essentially the students but also faculty, staff, even community members and alumni we would accept submissions from. Um, But because it's such a small pool we're drawing from, we do blind submissions. So we have a software program and the students are registered um, as editors, but but people submit through the software, but no one can see their name. Oh, okay. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, it makes it feel maybe a little more impartial especially Mm -hmm. since everybody knows everybody here. Mm -hmm. Um, So the submissions come in, the the staff is divided up. We have an editor-in-chief, kind of like the magazine. (laughs) We've got fiction editor, poetry editor, et cetera. Um, And the submissions are distributed. And then individual editors and teams of editors make selections based on everyone reads everything and discusses and decides what they want to put in. And sometimes there's arguments and sometimes (laughs) there's consensus. And then the the editor in chief or editors in chief are kind of the final word on what goes in the journal, um, and then I, you know, I'm not the editor. I I don't. I'm just the advisor. So I'm watching and helping the students do this. I try not to get my my hands dirty too much with that. I want them to be able to choose. Want the the students to be able to choose and make it theirs. But you know, I have to I have to be ultimately really spon- ultimately responsible for what comes out. So I got to monitor and make sure there's no, you know, t- really heavy sex scenes in there like (laughs) foul language stuff that we that we probably shouldn't publish here so um, anyways yeah and and that's basically how how it works it's pretty straightforward awesome
2: yeah it's awesome
0: so you have let me let me get this again art photography
2: graphic design
1: so submissions what people can actually submit their work in Mm -hmm. are poetry fiction like short stories and, you know, 5,000 words or less. We okay. can't publish novels or novel <laughs> excerpts. Essays, meaning okay. like personal essays, mm. kind of memoir type thing. Photography, which is by far the most populated cat. We get the most submissions. Wow. I think mm-hmm. we had 300 photographs submitted mm-hmm. last year. And then art. So, like, as in people who are paint, doing painting, sculpture. I mean, obviously there has to be a transfer. Like, take a picture of it and then we yeah. put it in the journal. Mm-hmm. So. mm-hmm. Yeah. Can
2: you kind of describe some like the favorite, your favorite um, pieces that you've seen in there throughout the years that you've been over it, If there are some that stick out in your uh, mind?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, um, there was a young man named Jackson Grubb who was here a few years ago. He he wrote a story, actually won a contest because the, the journal also is associated with these uh, prize monies basically so every all the students who enter all the students who submit are automatically entered in the prizes and mm-hmm. so each year it's usually faculty or community members who specialize who have some kind of qualification who judge each category all the genres poetry fiction nonfiction fiction and then winner gets first 100 for first place 50 for second so you know it's not like a huge boatload of cash but it's
0: you know, it's, it's not something. bad for, yeah,
1: just for writing a poem and sh- sending it out into the world. Um, so Jackson won the fiction contest a couple of years ago for a, a story that was a short, kind of satirical, humorous, just kind of fantastical story about sneezing. I <laughs> um, can't remember what was it called, like the the greatest sneeze in the world or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. I wish I had it in front of me. That was, to me, one of the most surprising like delightful proficient stories that we've gotten just because it was it was polished and it wasn't any longer than it needed to be mm-hmm. um yeah. and so i don't know that's the one that comes to me off the top <laughs> of my head the things that i can remember most vividly right now are some of the art that we've gotten I'm really impressed with some of our students mm. on campus who are working in mixed media and painting and um those are some of my favorite things to publish. The most, One of the most exciting things we get to do is choose the cover because, you know, that's the face of the magazine. Yeah. And that's probably the thing that inspires the most, like, passionate feelings, too, among the class. Like, people really Definitely. get down, yeah, to yeah. fight over the cover. Like, people feel strong. People <laughs> yeah. will be willing yeah. to like, ah, oh, fine, you want to put that poem in, fine. But no, I will do not want that to be the cover <laughs> of the magazine and people will get mad. So, um, yeah, last year's cover, oh, shoot, I can't even remember. It was a, it was, it was kind of a mixed, it was a piece of art that was, you know, part photography, part drawing, part embroidery. Mm. It was quite lovely. So oh. yeah, no, I'm constantly impressed. It is an undergraduate journal. We do have a very small pool of people who are submitting and yet we have some really awesome work published. And so I hope more people read it. I, mm-hmm. I'm Again, like you guys, it's hard to know. Like I wonder if anybody does. <laughs> That's not in the magazine, right? Or whose yeah. mom, mm-hmm. who, or who doesn't have a mom? You know, <laughs> who's like, hey, mom, look at what I got published. <laughs> um, so lots of moms are reading it, and then maybe a few people who actually published, and then I don't know if there's anyone else reading it. But that's kind of the whole thing with literary publishing in general. Like we think of Penguin and Houghton Mifflin and these huge companies, and you know the Hute and Harry Potter and the books that sell millions of copies. Like that's the exception. Most publishing is on a much smaller scale, and. Mm-hmm with a much smaller audience and Mm -hmm. um and that's okay and literary journals are out you know notoriously kind of insignificant (laughs) in terms of commercial success but they actually have a pretty outsized influence on our uh, literary culture Mm. you know and most big writers and most most famous award-winning writers kind of got their start in these smaller magazines yeah yeah
2: you got to start small. <laughs> you got to start small. <laughs> you can't just go to penguin right away. Yeah,
1: every once in a while it happens.
2: But... <laughs> so that's why it's important to have these things to help your students to have a work that they can hold in their hands that shows, "Hey, I put this in there. I helped edit this. I think that's amazing." That's how I feel about the magazine kind yeah. of. Yeah. We do all this work and it's like at the end of the day it's like I can hold this magazine and say, "This is my article. I wrote this and I worked on it and I did this and I always feel very proud of it." I know Michael does too, but I always feel I love the you magazine. should
1: it's a wonder yeah it's it's awesome mm-hmm. you know it engenders a lot of confidence and and give, helps you kind of identify yourself as a writer i'm a writer i'm a reporter here's mm-hmm. the evidence i'm holding it in my hand yeah for sure something great about that <laughs> yeah definitely one thing that i remember
0: from your class is that you said that you love poetry a lot <laughs> that's one of the <laughs> things that you you're always most passionate about and you wish that we were more passionate about
1: uh, I know I, well, I was yes I was trying to inspire you guys to appreciate poetry <laughs> poetry is weird it's not really it's not a culturally relevant art form anymore like people nobody's reading it outside of you know poetry readings and mm-hmm. university classrooms but back in the day you know there were housewives and you know factory workers and people who were on their breaks reading poetry like it was in newspapers mm-hmm. and stuff and it's just not like that anymore so but um but I've had a few encounters with poetry that have been meaningful in my life, and it's beautiful. I, I The best way to describe it is just an encounter, a surprising and kind of unexpected encounter with language. Because mm-hmm. we use language all day long, and we use it in, like, basically the same ways over and over and over again, right? We, we have these exchanges that if you take them out of context, you could basically plant them in any other day and not be able to tell the difference. Like, when did I say that? You know, like hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? What's up, man? You know Mm -hmm. that. So when we, you know, poetry is something where we see this material that surrounds us all the time being kind of shaped into new forms, you know, words. I've never, you know, you read a poem, you think, I've never heard anyone describe that feeling or that act in with those words before. I've never seen those two words next to each other. I, so that's, that's the delightful thing for me is that surprising encounter with language. And it is, you know it can be spiritual it's the way that we kind of think about and understand ourselves and our world around us is through language you know our our understanding of god and of of jesus are through the words that we read about them and think about them so they have certainly immense power to inspire us but and poetry's no different it's like secular scriptures basically mm. is what <laughs> yeah. i would call it so
2: so as an english professor something um, that I've always struggled with in English classes is analyzing poetry. Because I'm like, how am I supposed to know what that means? Like, if that's, what's the, if that's what the author meant. Mm-hmm. Do you think that poetry should be analyzed based on, like, pentameters and everything? Or do you think it should just be, you read it and you feel? Like, which one do you <laughs> feel like works better?
1: I feel both. Yeah, <laughs> I feel both. I mean, those that is the way that you encounter the poem at first is through just the feeling, right? Like, I just read this and it just delighted me or it just, it shocked me or it it made me cry or something, right? That's our initial reaction. Um, and that's, and that's probably enough for most people, right? But yeah, in English classes, we try to take the fun out of it <laughs> and, you know, try to figure out, try to use fancy words to describe what's happening, you know, internal rhyme and alliteration and iambic pentameter and stuff like that. And it's not for everybody, but, uh, you know, there is absolutely more to it than just that the feeling is what you take away from it right mm-hmm. but especially if you want to write poetry right you should under you should be able to take it apart look at the different components and figure out how they are working and how what choices the author made in order to in order to create that feeling and so that's where that comes in but yeah it can be tedious i don't mind it <laughs> most people are just mad and have to write a paper on a poem or something
2: that's a little bit me i like yeah. read i love reading poetry and i loved our book we had norton last because i took english 101 okay. last semester yeah. um so i liked the poetry in there but i was like i just don't want to look deeper i just want to have like the surpa- surface surface feeling well,
1: that's life isn't it we just want it we want it easy we <laughs> yeah. want to stay on the surface because it's easy there but yeah every once in a while we have a deeper encounter and it, and it's you know, we can't do that every single time, but mm-hmm. who do you take it from? Who do you take English 101 from? Uh, Hancock. Stephen? Yeah. My, my brother, Stephen Hancock. <laughs> Your brother. <laughs> well, he's, yeah, he's, you know, he's, we've been in the, there's not very many people, professors, period, here in, in the English <laughs> department. You know, there's eight of us, so. Oh, there's only eight yeah. of you? Yeah, so so mm. Stephen, uh, he was here before I was, but cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, so I think poetry is really cool for the most part, so. Yeah. Um, so you don't have could to write you... a paper about it Oh, I don't want to write a paper yeah, about it's it It's cool if, if you <laughs> don't have to write a paper about it Exactly
0: I think uh, for me I I haven't been into Well, I don't want to say I haven't been mm-hmm. into poetry for a long time But I haven't been into poetry for a long time Reading poetry mm-hmm. I remember the last poems that I would have read And seriously felt like Enthralled by would have been When I was young Reading like Shel Silverstein yes. And yes. he still Shel remains S- one you. of my favorites Shel Silverstein
1: <laughs> is still magical I still love it Yeah But I I guess growing up,
0: going through middle school, high school, Shakespeare—you can kind of put him into poetry. Although it's more playwriting, Mm. but he does have sort of that poetic.
2: The sonnets.
0: He wrote a lot of sonnets
1: that are famous. Yeah, for sure.
0: Mm. Yeah, and then I guess there's also some things like rap music. A lot of people consider it poetry. Some don't. But for me, growing up, especially in my adolescence, that—that was kind of the experience (laughs) that I had with it. Yeah, and just listen—not so much sort of I guess like trap music stuff like that but more the the I guess more conscious rappers like Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. especially uh, yeah. through his last couple albums he really speaks a lot
1: I've only listened I, I know Kendrick Lamar only a little mm-hmm. bit I wish I knew more about rap music but I totally agree with you there there is a there is a poetry to those lyrics to, to lyrics in general song lyrics and poetry are different I will maintain that they're not the same but they do the same some of the same things right mm-hmm. they kind of they give us these encounters with language in in new and interesting and, and meaningful ways like bob dylan won the nobel prize for literature mm-hmm. as a lyricist and i thought it was kind of a gimmick i thought it was kind of <laughs> kind of weird that they did that he even thought it was weird like i don't even think he went and accepted the prize he kind of sent him a letter that was almost like a like a goofy letter because uh, i went back and read his lyrics and i was like okay these are good but without the music accompanying them it's just it doesn't have the same impact mm-hmm. yeah um, I know this is but I'm glad you brought this up someone there was a student when I first got here who wrote one of wrote his senior paper on he was he was making the argument that Eminem was the, the new Shakespeare the modern Shakespeare <laughs> uh-huh. I thought the argument was a little ridiculous just on, on the face of it but I understood what he was trying to do right he didn't necessarily need to to go to try to argue that he was Shakespeare but he could easily argue that that there is literary value in those um just the other day my friend sent me a a song by mac miller you guys know him? <laughs> yeah you know he's a white boy rapper but he's <laughs> but he uh had a posthumous al- album come out and there was a song called good news i don't know if you've heard it
0: yeah
2: yeah
1: no. do you like it it's you, fine it's fine <laughs> the lyrics i thought were great like that like not necessarily in a virtuoso kind of way right? <laughs> yeah. but there's he's not even a rapper he's more like a kind of like a folk singer slash mumbler i don't know what would you call him i'm 42 i can't talk (laughs) about this stuff
0: i guess i guess i would call him he's he's a rapper but he i'll put him kind of in the same category as as post malone okay Mm. um but
1: what is that category he rapped teach me yeah he's they're
0: not so much more less of rappers but still in the hip-hop genre okay this is what i would put them in but uh, we're pretty much out of time. I hate to cut the, our conversation oh, you, short. You don't want to hear my hot take on pop culture? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, next I'm time. That's good. We should probably stop there before yeah. I embarrass myself. No, no, no. Like I guess
1: I never paid any attention to Mac Miller. I was just tra- making the point that I heard this and I thought, oh, wow, something hit me. Something touched me in, that, mm. in those lyrics there that were was powerful. So I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. All right.
0: Well, thank, thank you so much for coming you. on. I really appreciate thank having me. All right. <laughs>